What will the Utah Jazz do for a point guard next year? Can they find one? We try next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz. Today, we go on a search for a point guard for the Utah Jazz next year. We take our best case wild flyers, our oh, we've got to get off money guys, our just get us into our stuff guys, our maybe we know something you don't know guys, and our, all right, you're feisty as hell, we'll take you guys. And we'll look at whether any of those can answer where the Utah Jazz need for a point guard this season. Plus, can we get lottery luck today? We don't want it. Just give it to us next week. I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. We are free and available on all podcasting apps, as well as on YouTube. Subscribe, follow, hit the bell button, and be there with a special shout-out to the everydayers who join us Monday through Friday, a part of Lockdown and part of that YouTube community as well, who join us. It's great to have you aboard. Thanks so much. Today's show is brought to you by GameTime. GameTime, download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So the Utah Jazz point guard situation right now is that they have Taylor Horton Tucker, who has the right to opt out, and I will find out, I think may opt out. I don't know that he'll have another chance in his career to have his kind of the numbers he had for the last 30 games and go sell in the marketplace. May bring him back, may not. He's young, he's he's exciting, he's got a lot of skills, he's got Will, Artie Supervisor, and Chris Dunn. And after that, they don't have a point guard. And while the Jazz were really impressively feisty last year in their ability to kind of hover around 500 even after the uh, Mike Conley trade. I think we also saw like how vital Mike Conley is in regards to development of other players. That you you want to have a point guard just so you're structured and things are going on. You know, our offense, which was terrific during the season, for the most part, got into a little bit of a one-on-one stagnant non-point guard play. Colin Sexton's a wonderful player. He's just not a point guard. So what can the Jazz do to find a point guard this year? Well, some of it's going to probably be impacted by what happens in the draft if someone goes and gets Scoot Henderson. Are they suddenly willing to move someone? Things like that. But I've broken this into what I would call kind of five groups. Best case scenario, like super interested in possibility here. Two guys where teams might need to get off money. Three guys will just get you into your stuff. Like, you know what? I'm just, we're just going to get, make sure we're in our stuff every day. Bunch of guys who you think you see something that nobody else does. And then two just feisty, feisty. You're really kind of going Chris Dunn, but you're, you're just going to make the point guard life hell for 48 minutes between Chris Dunn and these guys. So let me start with my kind of wild card. Can you get it done? And this is interesting because this was my guy last offseason, too, um, when the Jazz were possibly going to trade Donovan Mitchell. 
I thought the team that they should trade him to was Orlando. I thought the team that should trade for him was Orlando. And I thought Jalen Suggs should be a major part of the project. So Jalen Suggs is really interesting. Jalen Suggs has played 101 career games in two years. The former number five pick out of Gonzaga. And Jalen Suggs has shot 39% from the floor and 27% from three. And if you go do the research, you really cannot find a player in NBA history who's played 100 NBA games, shot 39% from the field and 27% from three and had a career. Okay? Like, that's not good. There's something about Jalen Suggs at 6'4", 205, pretty good defensively, that I like. And then you kind of dig into him post-February 1st. He's had some injuries, some other things. And post-February 1st last year, which is an arbitrary day, but trying to be a little less arbitrary. So it's the final 30 games of the season. I think he played 26 of them. He shot 43% from the field, and 38% from three. So there's this upward tick. Now, here's what's interesting about that. That is when Orlando stopped playing him at point guard. They moved him to the three, basically. They were playing Markel Fultz. They had him completely off the ball. He was standing around. He wasn't playing with the ball in his hands nearly as much. His assist numbers were, to close the year, his final, like, 10 games were 1-1-1-2-2-1-4-0-2. Not playing point guard at all. And so he shows an upward tick as a non-point guard. You have to go back to your scouting that you did on Jalen Suggs in 2021 draft as an organization and know how you feel about whether or not he can play point guard. But Orlando has three point guards. They have Cole Anthony, who I'm sure they're not, like they don't see as the future, but he, he is under contract and... He's there at 22 years old. He's got a four-year deal. He's got another year left on it at $4 million. They have Jalen Suggs, who's 2025, four-year, $30 million deal through 2025. And they have Markel Fultz on a three-year, $50 million deal that expires after this season. I'm not sure it makes sense from a roster construction for them to have all three of those deals. And then I think the question is, is there something, how much of the assets do the, that the Jazz have would they be willing, the Jazz be willing to give up to, if they believe in Markel Fultz? Now, that's that's an interesting belief, right? I just told you that if we go into the history of the game, you really can't find guys who shot that in a, their first 100 games and turned out to be successful. I just told you when he started to have success was when he stopped playing point guard. And now I'm saying take some of your assets and throw them at Orlando and go get me Jalen Suggs as the future point guard of this organization. Ah! Or Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz, former number one pick, had the issue with shoulder or yips, depending on your point of view, is just 24 years old. He'll be a free agent at the end of this year, so you'd better be like feel that if you're the Utah Jazz, you have a chance to be able to re-sign him. He started 60 games last year, seems to be on the uptick. He's still not a good shooter. He shot 31% from three, but he figured out the mid-range game. He shot 51% overall last year, and he's another decently sized guard at 6'3", 210. In the comments section on YouTube or hit me at DLock09, 
Do either of those guys, would you want to do something on either of those guys? Now, what gets interesting on Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs is that Jalen Suggs is current to, to get that you could do it, slide it under cap space. Um, but you do have some money that you're playing around with there. With Suggs is at eight million a year, and then you have his rights. I mean, that's what you're doing with Suggs is you're playing a long game. He's like a piece. He's on the same timetable. He's your guy. You're moving forward with Suggs, and maybe you're drafting another point guard, and one of the two uh, comes. I watched more Case and Wallace last night. I'm kind of falling for him. Um, so, give me your thoughts. By the way, tomorrow's an Ask Loj show, so make sure you hit me on Twitter with a hashtag Ask Loj and any questions you got. Um, so. That's my scenario one. My scenario two is that the LA Clippers or the Boston Celtics, depending what happens here tonight with the Celtics and the Clippers are already out, feel like they've got to change things up a little bit. So the Clippers already have $201 million of salary next year. Paul George at 45 and quiet 45 leads it. Um, Aaron Gordon, Eric Gordon, the let go non-guaranteed. Norman Powell is on the books for 18 this year, 19 next year, and 20.5 the next year. So three years, he's $30 million. I'm a big Norman Powell fan. He's not really a point guard, but is it possible that in Will Hardy's system, you might not need him to play the pure point? He's 6'3", 215, he's sized right for that, but you... You have Lowry who brings it up. Maybe you're still playing Kelly, some of this. He played 25% of his minutes last year, point guard for the Clippers, who were point guardless. He actually played 44 minutes for the Clippers when he came over from Portland. Norman Powell is a pretty good basketball player who can really score it. He averaged 17 points a game this last year. He shot, he had three rebounds. He had three assists. You You are, or two assists a game. He is not a natural point guard. This is a little bit I'm willing to play without a natural point guard. But I'm going to have Norman Powell and Ochai Abaji in my backcourt. I'm going to be 6'3", 6'5". I'm going to have Lowry Markin at 7 feet. I'm going to have Walker Kessler at 7'1". Lowry 7'1". I'm going to do whatever I'm doing with Kelly Olenek or whatever that other piece is. And that's how we're going to play. It's a little risky. There aren't great scenarios here. My previous guy who I was all excited about, that's a historical track record of never being able to make it work, right? It's a little risky. My next choice possibility is the least risky of them all, and I'll have that for you in a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Intercap Lending. Steve Carter, he's the best. The world's a little funky on loans right now. The Fed's not always playing around, so you really got to have somebody who knows what they're doing, and that is Steve Carter and Intercap Lending a hyper-responsive company that's able to make moves quickly. But then the best part is our own personal loan officer, Steve Carter over at Intercap. The reviews are amazing. There's no one I suggest more. And I want, if you need to get a loan right now, this is your guy. Call Steve Carter at 385-885-28 or just email me and I'll directly get you in touch with Steve and start that relationship for you. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 19-0465, or visit intercaplending.com. Steve Carter's own personal loan officer. If you want to call him directly, not involve me, I'm good with that. But make sure you tell him it's with Lockdown, you get the corporate discount. 385-800-8528. I've used him twice. My COO's used him twice. All, everyone of Lockdown has ever used him comes back with rave reviews. There's simply no better customer service in a tumultuous world than what we can do with you. It's Steve Carter over at Intercap Lending. 
Today's show is also brought to you by eBay Motors. Give me that check mark. Make me feel good. That's how I feel. Okay, that's not their slogan. It's right parts, right fit, right prices. eBay Motors. But I think, give me that check mark and make me feel good. I don't think they really want that. But what do I mean by that check mark? So eBay Motors is incredible because eBay Motors has some like crazy millions of hundreds of like crazy with over 122 million parts. How do you possibly find your stuff? Well, you go into your garage. No, not your real garage, but it's called My Garage on eBay Motors. And you put in what kind of car you're looking for. And then it gives you a green check mark on every part that fits your car so then you know you're in good shape it's the ebay guarantee fit and it makes sure that every part works for you get the right parts the right fit the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions do apply thanks so much for making locked on jazz your first listen of the day for your second listen today it could be some really interesting Warriors or Lakers talk, or of course, our good friends over at Locked On NBA Big Board continue to tear it up and do some interesting shows. Um, all right. My second guy, this is the best choice there is just for our well being and things. And I don't know that he ever becomes available, but if Boston were to lose, maybe they change things up a little bit. They have an interesting thing with Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, and uh, Jay and uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart, and Derek White. Smart's under contract for three years. He's kind of the heart and soul of that team. Brogdon's under contract for two more years at 22.5. And Derek White's under contract for two more years at 19. Boston's at 166 million next year. And if they're trying to add it, they don't really have, you know, I mean, they're kind of going to, they got to shake things up a little bit. They would be using, I think there's a chance, they could use either Derek White or Malcolm Brogdon and their $20 million to readjust their roster in some capacity. Now, like, I don't know that we have the $20 million player or the combination of $20 million players to send to them that would get them what they're looking for to kind of shake up their roster in that fashion. This is where trading for us is going to be hard because we don't have a lot of numbers there. We don't. We only have, I think, $100 million worth of salary right now. So um, it would probably have to be in a three-way deal. But I just thought I'd bring up Derek White. I just, I've always liked him. Um, he was the player I desperately wanted when he was in San Antonio for the Jazz when we were making a title run. Um, he makes 19 each of those two years. And if I were the Jazz, he's someone, he's big. He's not elite athletically. We have a weakness that we're kind of a little slow. He would probably fit right back into that. Um, His shooting has gone up and down over the years, depending on the time. Like he had a terrible shooting year and then it got better in Boston. I, when I just went through the list of players that are, that, you know, could play point again, six, four, one ninety. I definitely am a proponent of the bigger guard. Um, He's averages 12 or 13 points a game. He dimes out three or four assists. In San Antonio, when he really kind of last played point guard at a high level, um, he was diming out maybe five assists a game, but he can get you into stuff. He's big enough defensively. He is really quite good. Had close to an all-defensive team year this year um, for Boston, and I do wonder whether or not that's an area where they just, it's a nightly struggle for them, like of which of their two guards are going to be on the floor, and it might be something that they decide to move on from. Um, And I... Uh, you know, I think 
that's I, I don't know. Like I, I don't have inside scooper here, but I just thought that was a player whose name might have might have mentioned. So those are my kind of first three. It's does Orlando move off of one of them? Does the Clippers or do does Derek do uh San or the Boston Celtics move off anyone? The other one is just like, what is free agents? Like they're Fred Van Vliet is the marquee free agent and using the dunked on prime free agent rankings here. Um then there's D'Angelo Russell, Chris Paul, Mike Conley, Gabe Vincent as starters. And then restricted free agents, Trey Jones, and I'll get to him in the next group. He's 23. And then after that, it's Dennis Schroeder, Russell Westbrook, Dennis Smith Jr., who I have on my list, Javon Carter, Patrick Beverly, Corey Joseph, Reggie Jackson, Cameron Payne, Jordan McLaughlin. Like I have a bunch of these guys on my list. Those are not like really starter starters. Um, and then Aaron Holiday. So there's a pretty, like, if you're looking like a star, high-level point guard, Fred Van Vliet and Kyrie Irving are the two high-level. The next level are D'Angelo Russell, Chris Paul, Mike Conley, and Gabe Vincent. I don't think any of those really match. So for us to go find a point guard next year, I do think you're playing this game where you're suddenly out in the marketplace. One Trey Jones is a free agent. He played in San Antonio last year. He's 23 years old. He's restricted. You'd have to overpay him because that would be enough so San Antonio doesn't match. And... To me, these are guys like, just get us started. This is the get us started group. So it's either the Joneses, Tyus or Trey. Tyus is under a two-year contract in Memphis. He had a terrible playoffs. And you wonder whether or not Memphis might shake things up a little bit. He's got a $14 million contract and he's done at the end of this year. So if you draft a point guard, he'd be a super nice guy to have in there. And then you draft a point guard. The other one is Washington's Monte Morris. Monte Morris might be the most, like, I can just get you into your stuff guy in the league. He's a low turnover, moderately high assist, adequate shooter. Um, I think that, frankly, watching Washington last year, I think they were disappointed in him. They have a new GM. Um, as they fired Tommy Shepard, he makes $9 million a year. He's signed for, I think, one more year. I'll have to double-check that. Um, and he... He just would, he's a get you into your stuff guy. Like, let's just, he's got 9 million left next one year. He'd be another one that if we draft a point guard and we're one year away from wanting to play that guy a lot, or as the year went on, you could make that adjustment at game 41, where if you've drafted Cason Wallace, he becomes your starter by game 41 after hopefully he's come together. Morris is a career 39% three-point shooter on fairly low volume. He averages 10 points and he gets... Like, he has four assists in less than a turnover game. He's just super solid. Kind of like that, actually, as a, as a possibility. I don't know. Could you move your 28th pick of the draft just to get him for years? Is that worth it? Um, I think Washington would probably be excited for that. He's not a first-round kind of caliber-type player. I think that might be an overpay on your part. But I don't know entirely the other ways you get that done uh, for night uh, along the way. And I don't think you want to be giving away any future first since that's a 28, so maybe it's seconds. But anyway, Monte Morris would be kind of a get it started guy. There's four guys out there that I feel like are like a little bit of flyers or you think you see something that nobody else does. One of them is Detroit's Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes was an early draft pick. Uh, he's 6'5", 195 pounds out of France. All indicators are Detroit missed. He's, again, 37% shooting, 27% from three in his career. Last year, he played 76 games. He started 114. So he's got great size. He really just is not a shooter. Um, 
it's it's tr- problematic, frankly. Um, and there's really not even a stretch of the season where you feel like he got better. In fact, in the middle of the year this year where you kind of hoped he might get better, he got worse. Like January, February, March was pretty brutal for him. Now he's been playing on a bad team and maybe he's got, you know, can Will Hardy go find his superpower? He shot 20% post-All-Star break from three. This would be, this Detroit's probably ready to move on. This would really be something that your scouting department sees something in a 6'5", 195-pound, great body. Killian Hayes is 21 years old and be like, we're still taking a flyer on that. Um, and now you're, you know, and then you have Chris Dunn who solidifies things. And if you draft a point guard and then if things go wrong, Chris Dunn just becomes your starter and holds it together. Uh, the other one's Kyra Lewis Jr. Now he's small. He's 6'1", 170. Former 13th pick of the NBA draft out of Alabama. And he had a rocky start in New Orleans and then tore his ACL. And now he's just kind of out of the mix in New Orleans. So he's played 103 games. He's never started a game. He's gotten almost no time. He averaged nine minutes. Again, this goes back to whether or not as a franchise... In 2020, you ha- how you scout him. I thought he was one of the best pick-and-roll guards in that draft. He's super small. 6'1", 170. We've talked a lot in this program about what happens if you're super small. And so that's a little bit of a concern on him. Uh, Aaron Holiday would be another one. Aaron Holiday's bounced around a lot. He's a six foot. He's even smaller. He was the 23rd pick of the 2018 draft. He's been bouncing around by end of the year in Atlanta last year. And... You'd have to believe that he's been untapped yet. He's started about 62 games in his career. He shoots 41% and 38% from three. And the last one would be Boston's Peyton Pritchard. All right, next I'll give you kind of the just um, one flyer and two guys just to get you just to fight like hell. And then we'll do the lottery um, on the program uh, for you today on Locked on Jazz. All right, the last three guys I would mention as possible point guards, and curious in the chat room, I'll check it throughout the day of what everyone's saying, and shout out to the everydayers as well. Uh, hit me up with your Ask LOJ tweets uh, for tomorrow's show. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is a little interesting. He was the New York Knicks pick, uh, ninth pick of a draft. He was kind of like basically out of the game. Was thinking about going to try to play professional football. And then he gets picked up by Charlotte last year. He plays 54 games. He starts 15. He can't shoot either. He's at 22% three-point shooting. Um, you know, we've seen in the playoffs, you can't shoot, you can't play. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see whether or not there's something there. He did look good last year. I think he reestablished himself as an NBA player, but I'm not sure that he's a starter. And then the final two guys are just pit bulls. And maybe you're deciding that you just want your point guard to be like a hellish experience for the other team. Javon Carter, 6'1", 200, just gets into you every minute. He's in Milwaukee. I think he's a player option, unrestricted free agent. And Jordan McLaughlin out of Minnesota is another one, almost the exact same, six feet, 185 pounds. I think he's a free agent as well. And these are just two guys that just fight like all the Dickens and set the tone for your team um, of what they are. One player I haven't put in here is Cameron Payne, who is a... uh, I think he's a free agent as well at 28 years old. I'm not sure he's a starter. Um, but those are your pickings as of right now, unless you, Corey Joseph, 31-year-old, just gets you into it, guy, as a free agent as well. Those are kind of all of your pickings 
um, that you have there for a point guard. So I'm curious to hear from you. The one player I haven't mentioned that I guess should probably be mentioned is Terry Rozier in Charlotte. He's under a four-year, $96 million deal for 24 a year. He signed through 2026 and was originally drafted by Danny Ainge. Um, for some reason, it doesn't feel like that's the route, but he does have three years left on his deal. He can bonafide score. If Jordan goes somewhere else, you're going to need somebody who scores. He maybe scary Terry does come back to Danny Ainge in some capacity. Charlotte tried to get off him at the trade deadline last year and didn't. And so I feel like if we had wanted to, we probably could have then. Um, and maybe, you know, T- Danny does like guys who can score it. Like Danny's an offensive scoring believer uh, in the midst of all of this. So I think that's, you know, there's a little possibility on there. All right, that's our point guard list. I'll be curious to get your thoughts of, of what you would like in there, what's possible. That's, it's it's tough. Like building a roster is tough. Justin Zanuck, Danny Ainge have a tough job. And then, uh, you know, I kind of envision that a Cason Wallace, Keontae George type has been drafted and whoever this is, maybe they're usurping them at the 41st game of the year. But that's a little bit of my whole we win 26 games, not 46 games approach to next season. All right, let's go lottery. Five days, 10 hours, 15 minutes until the actual one. The number one pick of the draft goes to the Portland Trailblazers. The number two pick of the draft goes to the Houston Rockets. The number three pick of the draft goes to the Utah Jazz. Woohoo! We get three. Portland would take Victor Weminyama. Houston would take Scoot Henderson, I would guess. We would end up with Brandon Miller, number three, unless we think Amon Thompson is really the next John Morant, as Leaf Tuline and Raphael Barlow have talked about with his explosion to the basket. That is Locked on Jazz. We got the third pick. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.